Blog Talk Radio. You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Okay, and today's date is the is March ninth, two thousand and twenty-two, and it is a Wednesday. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> um, we are going to continue reading on in the same book, how to qualify for the celestial kingdom today. 
Um, and we are only on chapter two. So if you're just starting with us, you, you've only missed our introduction. You can easily go back and, and read that, or you can listen to it and listen to our commentary as well. Either way is great. Um, we're going to be reading chapter two, which is entitled how to qualify for the celestial kingdom, which is the uh, title says. Um, Mark is still working today. He'll be with us shortly when he um, calls in and when he is available. He's just getting um, ready and getting moving. So um, Emmett will also probably be checking in once he is headed back from his classes today. And I've got all the kids here with me, so we will uh, bear with me a little bit and we might make a little bit of side noise. Um, I wish one of them was here though, so that they could tell me whether or not I'm coming in clear. So hopefully the audio on this is good. And I guess we'll just find out about it a little bit later. Okay, let's begin. We'll get right into the reading. We're going to be starting on page 19. Jesus asks us to enter the straight gate and the narrow way. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, and DNC 132.25, this is the quote from that. I'd like to get in and read the exact thing that it does say on there. So I'll go ahead and do both. Um, It says here in the book, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. So to Matthew 17 through 14, and bear with me for just a moment as I look that up. I should have been reading this ahead of time and, and getting right into it, but I did not. And I am sorry for that. So now we'll just have to wait for me to click on all these buttons. Okay. Matthew 17, 13 through 14 says, well, let's, uh, let's start with verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. And verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And then again, um, D&C. 132, 25. Here, 132 and 25. So I'm going to start with 24 and read um, to 26. 24 says, This is eternal life, to know the only wise and true God and Jesus Christ whom he hath sent. I am he. Receive ye therefore my law. 25, broad is the gate and wide the way that leadeth to the deaths and many there are that go in thereat because they receive me not, neither do they abide my in my law. 26, verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man, oh, that has, that goes into a whole other thing. If a man marries according to my word 
and they are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise according to mine appointment, and he or she shall commit any sin or transgression of the new and everlasting covenant, whatever, and all manner of blasphemies, and if they commit no murder wherein they shed innocent blood, yet they shall come forth in the first resurrection and enter into their exaltation, but they shall be destroyed in the flesh and shall be delivered unto the buffetings of Satan unto the day of redemption, saith the Lord God. So that uh, verse 26 goes on to a whole another topic. However, that was really good to read on to that. So go, continuing on in the reading, question. The straight and narrow way leads to where? Answer, as we just read, unto eternal life. Second Nephi 31, 18, or DNC 132, 22. Well, I'm at 132, 22 right now, so I'll go ahead and read that first. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye abide my law, ye cannot attain to this glory. For straight is the gate, and narrow the way that leadeth unto the exaltation and continuation of lives. And few there be that find it, because ye receive me not in the world, neither do ye know me. But if ye receive me in the world, then shall ye know me, and shall receive your exaltation, that where I am, ye shall be also." which would be great, and I would want to be there too. <laughs> um, okay, let's also go into Second Nephi 31.18. And that says, we'll read again, I'll read the verse before, 17. Wherefore, do the things which I have told you, I have seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For, for this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water, and then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. And then there are ye in this straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. Yea, ye have entered in by the gate. Ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son, and ye have received the Holy Ghost which witnesses of the Father and the Son, unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made, that if ye entered in by the way, ye should receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if ye, if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward feasting upon the word of Christ and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Okay, and continuing on back with the reading. What is meant by eternal life? Answer. Eternal is another name for Heavenly Father. DNC 19, 10 through 11 says, Therefore, eternal life means God's life or to live with God and have eternal increase. Um, so that's not a direct quote, so I'm going to go into that as well. DNC 19, 10 through 11 And that says, verse 9, I think 
two that are chosen in this thing, even as one, that you may enter into my rest. For behold, the mystery of godliness, how great is it? For behold, I am endless. And the punishment which is given from my hand is endless punishment. For endless is my name. Wherefore, eternal punishment is God's punishment. Endless punishment is God's punishment. Wherefore, I command you to repent and keep the commandments which you have received by the hand of my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., in my name. And continuing on, it says, therefore, eternal life means God's life or to live with God and have eternal increase. And then DNC 132.20 says, let's see, 19 says, and again, verily I say unto you, if I'm, oh, yeah, we just read that one. Let's go and on to verse 20. Then shall they be gods, because they have no end. Therefore shall they be from everlasting to everlasting, because they continue. Then shall they be above all, because all things are subject unto them. Then shall they be gods, because they have all power, and the angels are subject unto them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye abide my law, ye cannot attain to this glory. Continuing on, Nephi instructs us on how to enter the straight and narrow path. Wherefore, do the things which I have told you. I have seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For, for this cause, have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water and the remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. And then are ye in this straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life? Yea, ye have entered in by the gate, ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son, and ye have received the Holy Ghost, which witnesses of the Father and of the Son, unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made, that if ye entered in by the way, ye shall receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ. With unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, he shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end. Behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. And now behold, my, brother, my beloved brethren, this is the way, and there is none other way nor gain given under heaven whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. And now behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and the only and true doctrine of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God without end. Amen. That's Second Nephi, thirty-one verses seventeen through twenty-one. We also um, it says emphasis was added, so we did read that without the emphasis added in um, the scriptures just a moment ago. Moving on to our next question: What must one do to enter the straight and narrow path? Number one: One must have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. John fourteen six. 
And that is actually a very um, popular scripture for um, John Fort or yeah, John fourteen six. And I will read it word for word. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is a good one. One must repent of his sins. Second Nephi thirty one seventeen. And um also one must be baptized by water. Again, that's the same um second Nephi thirty one seventeen. And I can go into that too. <clears throat> and that says Wherefore, do the things which I have told you. I have seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For, for this cause, have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water. And then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. And then are ye in this straight and narrow path, which leads to eternal life. Yea, ye have entered in by the gate. Ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son. And ye have received the Holy Ghost, which witnesses of the Father and of the Son, unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made, that if he entered in by the way, ye should receive. Now, the next question. What gift does one receive after entering the straight and narrow path? of the Holy Ghost. That also is Second Nephi 31 and then 18, which I actually just read because I like to read after the quote and before just to clarify what it is emphasizing. Um, and then what does the Holy Ghost do for us? The answer is he cleanses us of our sins. That is also Second Nephi 31, 17, which we just read. We became spiritually born again. And our next part of this chapter is born again, a spiritual rebirth. And we'll be talking a little bit about that in just a minute. I just wanted to see um, if Mark was on. I don't have him. uh, I don't have the studio pulled up and have him on it. Sorry. Oh, now I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? I couldn't check my audio. Yeah, you're fine. Um, I'm just going past okay. the scale. Okay. Almost to Carbon County on Highway 10. Okay. So, I just wanted to see if you had anything to say after the first couple of pages. I am reading a lot of the quotes um, tonight because I just want context, so it'll take a little bit longer, but... Yeah. Well, you know what? But I feel like um, it's relevant. <laughs> I was I was just thinking, you know, like you can know you've been clean and you're forgiven, you've been justified and sanctified in the Lamb if you have the Spirit with you. So, but uh, burning—that's more of a cleansing. Hold on, I'm. All 
Okay, I'm through the yeah, gas. Yeah, you're just and I, up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I just yep. got into Carbon County. So I wanted people to know that if they ever have the burning in the bosom where they are on fire, like with the spirit, that that is a signature that Jesus Christ is with you just beyond the veil. And he is with you at that point. So um, I remember um, the first time I passed the sacrament, I didn't know about the burning in the bosom or any of that. I was so ignorant. And um, I wasn't passing it. I was blessing it. And as I was reading the prayer and kneeling at the sacrament table, the Holy Spirit of God burned through me like, and it, it like, took me off guard. I, I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, what was that? You know, but I knew it was God, but I don't know. It was just uh, the first time I ever felt the, the Spirit, like, really, not like, well, that's not the first time. I don't remember what context this is in either, because I don't remember... If I was a priest, can a priest bless the sacrament? I can't remember that either. I'm having brain fog right now. I don't know. I anyway, am I was just, not sure. Oh, sorry, Arius just, just took, mad. <laughs> It just took me off guard. And um, I don't remember if this is before or after the experience where I went into the Holy of Holies in the Salt Lake Temple. Um, I, I think it was after, because I was pretty anti-Mormon before that. I don't know. That, that was 27 years ago. My, I just remember the experience, and I don't remember what the context was. But anyway, um, I... I think that the reason why that happens is, one, for, you know, so we can know we are clean and forgiven, but I think there's a cleansing process that is happening physically in our blood, um, replacing the Gentile blood with the Israelite blood. And I know that sounds kooky, but I think that that's what's going on. It's kind of like transubstantiation. Like, you know how the Catholics believe that the sacraments, bread and wine, is the literal flesh of the Savior. Yeah. Well, I don't believe that, but I do believe yeah. that God does change us and cleanse us of the Gentile yeah. blood. Because, like, for one thing, in the book of Revelation, when it's talking about the holy city, um, it gives uh, the names of the gates to go into the holy city are all after the tribes of Joseph of Israel. So uh, there are no Gentile gates. So in order to come into the presence of God, you actually have to become an Israelite in thought and deed and whatever. So anyway, I'm going to you myself, because uh, I can hear people saying, get on with it already. Let her read. So, you can just hold your horses while I explain what I need to explain. <laughs> and I think I heard Arius crying anyway. 
Oh, yeah, he was being ridiculous. But Elizabeth got him on her shoulders now, so we're good for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had fun with Okay, him born today. again. He helps me. He helps me yeah. put up the light and do all the things because he is my big helper. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, born again, a spiritual rebirth. One is born into mortality when he becomes alive physically. Um, Olivia, if he's screeching, it's all heard on the radio show. So if you're going to play with him, it can't be right here. Spiritually been born of God means that one has become alive to the things of the spirit. Alma says a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts and they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. That's Alma 5.13. This person now recognizes God and his son, Jesus Christ. He seeks to follow their ways, laws, ordinances, and commandments. He seeks counsel daily from heaven. He sees that which is going on in the temporal world through his spiritual eyes. He is, his perspective of the life is seen in the eternal dimension. The Holy Ghost is his constant companion. DNC 121:46, and he experiences the fruits of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That's Galatians 5:22 through 23. Let me go into a few of those quotes. If you have anything to talk about while I am going into that, that's fine. Um, but there were a few of them, and they. They put the quote in the middle of a sentence, so it's kind of like, okay, I'll go and look it up in one second. Um, so the okay, first one I'm going to look up is Alma 5.13. Alma okay, 5.13. Yeah. Okay, and um, I'm going to read 12 also. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And number 13, and behold, he preached the word unto your fathers, and a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful until the end. Therefore, they were saved. And then 14 says, And now behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God? Have ye received his image in your countenances? Have ye experienced this mighty change in your hearts? Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith? And view this mortal body raised in immortality and this corruption raised in incorruption to stand before God to be judged according to the deeds which have been done in the mortal body. So that was Alma 5.13. I'm going to go into D&C 121.46. If anybody else is also looking it up, that again is D&C 121.46. And it says... In verse 45, it says, Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. And verse 46, the Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion and thy scepter and unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. 
And then the last one that we were just um, talking about in that same paragraph was Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 through, 22 through 23. And that's talking about the, um, the fruits of the Spirit. Yep. And it is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, um, okay. And can, I, yep. Did you, I was going to say the <laughs> end of this just says, it just says Bruce R. McConkie says that mere compliance with the formality of the ordinance of baptism does not mean that a person has been born again. The new birth takes place only true. for those who actually enjoy the gift or companionship of the Holy Ghost. Only for those and who are fully converted and strive for who it. have given themselves yeah. without restraint to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. So that's what he says. With a, with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Contrite spirit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because there's a change Absolutely. that happens. It's not just an outward. So you have an internal change that happens. And then yep. when you have that internal change, then you it portrays itself outwards with your actions and I, deeds. So a lot of people say they're going to be different or something's going to change or something will be different. But their countenance and the way that they do things does not change. Therefore, not having a rebirth. Well, I think that there is a process that we go through. Like, we want all this stuff at, at once, you know. But sometimes God has us struggle through things, and we work on ourselves. You know, like, I was blessed to have my drug addictions taken away from me because God needed me to be on my mission not doing drugs. So he put me through the ringer. And then he healed me completely of all my addictions. But, you know, sometimes people go through things, and they have to go through those things. Uh, you know, it might be a consequence to an action, but it also might be that God is teaching you something through the experience. I'm on wash plant, by the way. Yep. Okay, continuing on with the next question one becomes a candidate for which kingdom once he enters the straight and narrow path the answer is the celestial kingdom please note the following elder mcconkey explains the straight and narrow path to enter at the straight gate is to forsake the world repent of one's sins and be baptized under the hands of a legal administrator thus getting on the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life the straight gate opens the door or gate to the kingdom of God on earth, which is the church, that's in parentheses, and to the kingdom of God in heaven, which is the celestial kingdom, which is also in parentheses. That comes from Bruce R. McConkie, Mormon Doctrine, page 101. Um, This next quote, which is from Joseph Fielding Smith, comes from Joseph Fielding Smith, Seek Ye Earnestly, Deseret Book, 1970, page 62. And it says, Joseph Fielding Smith said, I have been asked quite a number of times by members of the church if baptism would permit a person to enter the celestial kingdom. Each time, I have been astonished that any member of the church would ask that question. After all, that has been written in the words of the Savior himself when he sent his disciples out after his resurrection. He said, 
they who repent and believe and are baptized should be saved, and they who would not repent and would not be baptized should not be saved. That is the doctrine the Lord has given to the church in our day, who among us wants to be satisfied by merely entering in the celestial kingdom. The Lord did not say that baptism would exalt us. Are we going to be satisfied with merely an entrance? Evidently, there are many members of the church who are going to be so satisfied because they will not prepare themselves or do not prepare to receive the exaltation. What will happen to those who are baptized who are satisfied thus far? They will enter into that kingdom to be servants to wait upon those who are worthy of a far more exceeding weight of glory. The Lord says they will be angels ministering servants, but they will not be gods, and that will be their destiny. For he says it will endure worlds without end, so we cannot be satisfied merely with baptism. The Lord expects us to be worthy to go on and receive the fullness of his kingdom, to be clothed with power of perfection and become like him. That can only be done by observing the ordinances and receiving the covenants in the house of the Lord, each of us individually and for our dead. We must perform these like services for them. Um, That's an end quote for that one. But I just wanted to say that um, it's damning yourself. You just damn yourself to your current state, whatever it is that you decide to, when you don't want to grow or you decide that you don't want to know anymore or you're stopping learning because we're always progressing and always learning. Unfortunately, the church, like, they proclaim to have the fullness of the gospel and all the stuff and everything else, but they reject or they ignore, and most of them don't even know about the lecture at the Grove, which lets us know that there's there's a path forward through damnation. Um, Now, every person is damned unless they are exalted, period, end of story, kind of. (laughs) Um, We're all damned unless we're exalted. But in order to become exalted, if we're a man, we have to do what our father and our grandfather and our our Redeemer, who becomes our Father, His Son, which has become a Redeemer of the world. And we cannot do that unless we go through the process of becoming a God and becoming God's awareness. There is a progression to the gods which the LDS Church had revealed to them through the Prophet Joseph Smith that they just, I don't know, they ignored or they rejected. So I, I wish Bruce R. McConkie would have known about this. And if he did know about it, why didn't he teach it, you know? So there's more to the story than what the church wants to let you know about. You know, and they think that they're going to receive their exaltation if they check off all of the boxes, you know, but they ignore gathering of Israel, they ignore the law of adoption, they ignore rebaptism, plural celestial marriage, united orders, and they say, I don't have to worry about that now. But they're still, they still think they're going to be exalted, and that's just not the case. You know, there's more to it. There's so much more to the restoration than what the LDS Church is teaching its people. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Kim. Oh, 
Okay. Um, so this is the conclusion. The, yeah, this is the last half of a page to read for this chapter. Do you want me to continue on and do the second chapter or the third chapter as well? These are small chapters. One chapter a day like we do with the other book. Okay, that's it then. We're going to be all done in about 20 seconds. I'm going to read the conclusion. <laughs> uh, if you want to call in, the call-in number is 917-889-8827. I'm just drawing it out a little bit. Okay, let's read the conclusion. <laughs> If one has submitted to the ordinances that Jesus commanded and has experienced a spiritual rebirth and one is cleansed from the sins of this generation and becomes a candidate for the celestial kingdom today. The questions are, please, in your own heart, answer the questions. Have you accepted Jesus as the Christ? Number two, have you repented of your sins? Every day. Daily. Well, it's every day. Mm-hmm. Even people who don't sin. Okay, if you're so righteous that you don't make any mistakes and you don't sin and you don't even have one cross thought in your head, you still have to repent every single day. Because repentance is more than turning away from your sins. You can turn away from your sins and be damned at last. So the meaning of the word repentance in Greek and in Hebrew is the same word, uh, which means to turn back to God, to turn fully to God, period, end of story. When you turn to God, you turn away from your sins. Um, It's a mindset. We have to get up every morning, and we're in a temporal focus every day. Every day when we wake up, we're in a temple focus. Now, um, I'm lucky because I am able to prepare the radio shows immediately. As soon as I wake up, I go to the bathroom, and then I just I work on getting the radio show ready. And I am reading, and I am focusing on God, and I am praying, and I am pondering. And... Um, a lot of people, they just rush, 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 like my wife. She doesn't have time to do all that. I mean, she can do it in her mind, but uh, it's a crazy, you know, crazy thing to try to get five kids out of bed, especially two teenagers, which we love. But getting actually, Olivia does really good at getting out of bed. Like She, she, she is really good at that. Bit. Yeah, yep, she's I'll, just I'll like her up, mommy. I'll, I'll, uh, she's better than her mommy because her mommy uh, lays in bed while Olivia is downstairs <laughs> doing things. But anyway, <laughs> I, I turn their lights on at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, depending on circumstances, because whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, and then I will um, go and I will get ready to take a shower and everything and do all the things I got to do. And then I'll put my bathrobe on and I will walk into the rooms and I'll be like, everybody, it's time to get up. And sometimes Olivia's still there, but if she's there still, she gets up. But a lot of times I go back into her room and she is already downstairs with the dog and doing the things that she needs to do. 
Emmett, on the other hand, will lay in bed until five minutes before the bus comes if we let him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim, on her way to school, well, she's got the kids, and she's and it's like a 20, 30-minute drive over to where the babysitter is. Um, she will listen to Christian music, which gets her in a spiritual mindset. Uh, she listens to K-Love, which if you have it in your area, uh, listen to it. I mean, some some of the theology that they're coming from isn't right, but it doesn't matter. It's getting yourself in a spiritual mindset, and hymns are one of the best ways to do that. And like K-Love is just modern hymns. That's all it is. So um, I'm going in the dip, uh, so I will have to say more after I on the other side of this little break here. Okay. The next one is, have you been baptized by those having authority? And I know that you want to say something about that. Yes, and as soon as I'm on the other side of the dip and I know that I'm not going to break up, I will say a thing. Um, I do want to finish with what I was saying, though. I'm almost... Well... Okay, I think I'm on the other side of it. Are you there? Am I here? Kim? You're Hello? here. You're good. Go ahead. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, getting back to what I was talking about before, before I address the other question. Um, so when I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I did what every missionary is supposed to do. We get up very early in the morning, and we spend the first hour or two hours studying scriptures with our companion or on our own. That gets us into a spiritual mindset so that we are more useful during the day uh, as a tool for God's kingdom upon the earth as servants of God. Um, and a lot of people, they'll wait till uh, nighttime to, like, give and devote time to God, and that doesn't really do them any good because they go through the whole day in a temple mindset. Excuse me. Um, But you want to get into a spiritual mindset, and like I said, hymns, whether they are the LDS hymn book or whether they are modern hymns, um, which is Christian music, that helps you get into a, a spiritual mindset. Now, The thing about the authority is, yes, you have to have authority to do the baptism. So we enjoy attending a Pentecostal church on Sundays, and one of the females that we really like, but she's very naive, she is on fire for God. And she was telling us about how somebody asked her if, I think it was a kid, asked her, should I be baptized too? And they were at the wave pool in Price, Utah. And she says, yeah, you should be baptized. Do you want to be baptized? And then she baptized this kid. She baptized this kid. Well, she does not have authority to baptize. She doesn't understand that. And I didn't say anything to her. I was just like, oh, that's nice. You know, because God actually does love his children, even in their ignorance. 
you know, and I'm not going to try to break it down to her because she is just not in a place where she can understand certain things. But um, Aaron, the brother, I think it was the brother of Moses, had to be given authority from Moses to do the work of God. And he was set apart and he was, um, he was given the authority, you know. Um, and in the New Testament, it talks about that as well. You have to have the authority to do the work of God. You can't just do it willy-nilly. Now, in the LDS Church, there's a problem that most people don't know about. Uh, Brigham Young said that by the seventh president of this church, this the leader, the seventh president or the leader of the church will lead the church into captivity. And, like, there's a bunch of stuff that he said about this person. Well, he didn't know who that was at the time, but it was Heber J. Grant that was doing the things that he ought not to have done. Now, he went, before he was president of the church, to Joseph F. Smith with Charles Penrose, who was also a leader in the church. They were both considered apostles, and they wanted Joseph F. Smith to not confer priesthood but only ordained to offices because why should the members have the authority that the apostles have? And the apostles are supposed to be elders, not high priests. That's another issue. Joseph F. Smith threatened to excommunicate him both for even bringing it up, and so they let the matter go. Um, and I think Joseph F. Smith talked about that in the Doctrines of Salvation, which is a book that he wrote. Well, lo and behold, guess who died? Joseph F. Smith. And guess who was the next president of the church? Heber J. Grant. And in 1921, Heber J. Grant implemented a policy put out in the missionary handbooks and in other, other handbooks to the priesthood in the church, instructing them to ordain to offices, and they left out the conferral of the priesthood. From 1921 to the end of Heber J. Grant's life, they did not confer priesthood. Through the ministry of the eighth president of the church, George Albert Smith, they continued on with the bad policy of Heber J. Grant, and they did not confer priesthood. They only ordained offices, and that includes the Aaronic and the Melchizedek priesthood. Um, it wasn't until the ninth president of the church, David O. McKay, oh wait, David O. McKay? Uh, yeah, it was David O. McKay, that they reversed the policy and they actually started conferring priesthood again. Now, if you go to the, uh, to the library at uh, BYU and look in the archives for the old church handbook, you can read it. I have read it. Um, it's probably online, too, if you, if you can find it. I don't know if it is or not. But, but uh, David O. McKay, as president of the church, wanted to change the policy back to conferring priesthood. So uh, Oliver, and, uh, Oliver Caldry and Joseph Smith, they had the priesthood conferred upon them, the Aaronic priesthood, um, conferred upon them in the name of Messiah, which is an office. Um, and that's the way David O. McKay put it back to. But um, they have to have a unanimous decision among the first presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve to do what David O. McKay wanted to do. He wanted to go back 
and redo all of the ordinances and have an, a rebaptism for all of the members of the church and reconferral for all those people that lived during from 1921 to 1957 and set everything back in order. But the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and his counselors did not have a unified agreement on that, so they let it go. So very many people in the church, all the way till 2013, had uh, some of them had priesthood, some of them did not have priesthood. The person who gave me priesthood was born in 1900 or 1901, and he had the priesthood before the change, and he had the priesthood after after the change, and I was lucky. I received the priesthood from one who actually had priesthood. But many people did not have priesthood during that time. And after that, a lot of the people, if you look at the date of the uh, the birth dates of people like um, Gordon B. Hinckley, Thomas S. Monson, Russell M. Nelson, all of these guys, they would have received their priesthood between 1921 to 1957. And it is very possible that they did not have any priesthood conferred upon them at all. Because of this and because of corruption within the priesthood and a whole bunch of other things, if we look in Daniel chapter 12, uh, we see that Michael stands up from his throne in the last days. The whole context is in the last days. And there is a man who is clothed in linen, which is a metaphor for right, a man who is righteous. And that man clothed in linen stands at, with his arms to the square. It says his arms to the, to the, in the air. But that is after the manner of the Melchizedek priesthood, both hands at the square with hands up and in a certain manner and tilted back. That's the manner of the Melchizedek priesthood. And that man that Daniel sees scatters the power of all the holy people. Now, I'm, in, I'm about to go down Barrel Hill, and I know I break up right here just for a second, so I will hold on with my comments just for a minute. Okay, am I good? Can you hear me good? Yep, we can hear you Can you hear me now? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so this man clothed in linen scatters the power of all the holy people. Now, this is a translation from the Hebrew. Uh, It could be a translation from the Septuagint, Greek, scriptures, but whatever, the, the, the uh, message is conveyed that, that there was a man with authority on the earth who Daniel calls the man clothed in linen. Hold on. Okay. Um, and he scatters or severs the power of all the holy people. Now, what is the power? That is the priesthood. And who are the holy people? They are the saints of the restoration, whether they're in the LDS church or whether they are in one of the uh, breakoffs, whether they're fundamentalists or whether they're a strangite that came out of Nauvoo. It doesn't matter. Even the community of Christ, all of them are breakoffs out of Nauvoo. All of them have priesthood. 
I know the LDS church doesn't want you to to think that, but it's true. So what happened was, and, and I didn't know about this until God told me to do it, and actually I didn't even know about this scripture until a month after God told me to do what he told me to do. He told me to use the authority that he gave me to sever the ordinances and the priesthood of all the holy people. And I asked him why. Because it was a shock to me that he would ask me to do such a thing. And he said, if they will not accept you as my witness, I will not accept them. And then he explained to me that this was basically a hard reset to set the house of God in order. And it's all part of the setting in order, which is talked about in Doctrine and Covenants, section 85, where the uh, man like, uh, well, no, they call him the one mighty and strong, who I am, uh, he sets the house of God in order. He has the scepter of power in his hands. And when I saw the Father in 2003 and knelt before him and was sealed up to him and to eternal life, he also gave me the keys of the priesthood, the church, and the kingdom, all of the keys. And he asked me to sever the priesthood and the ordinances of all the holy people. And it's a hard reset. So um, James Cox didn't know that that was a thing. When I knew James Cox or Jim Cox, he, not, he likes to be called Jim. Uh, but his, on the, you know, his, his, his name is James B. Uh, James B. Cox, I think. Anyway, but um, he didn't know about it. I did not know about it when I knew him. But this is a thing that happens in the last days, and it that prophecy is fulfilled. It has been fulfilled. And in order to receive the priesthood that you don't have, and that includes matriarchal, patriarchal, it doesn't matter. All of it. You have to come to me and receive rebaptism and uh, all of the ordinances and the conferrals and everything again. So um, I'm on the mine road now, and I know that's a really Sounds heavy great. topic, and a lot of people hate me for that. They hate me for that because they they don't want me to be an authority over them, and I don't want to be an authority over them either. This is what the Father told me to do, and this is the work of the Father, which is mentioned in Third Nephi. The work of the Father has commenced. The day of the Gentiles is over. So anyway, go ahead, Kim. Okay. Number four, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Number five, have you spiritually been born of God? If you answered yes to all five questions, then you are in the straight and narrow path that leads to exaltation. You are a candidate for the celestial kingdom, and if the Savior came today, you would be lifted up to meet him. Knowing these things should greatly increase our hope. And that is the conclusion uh, on page 23. We will be starting chapter 3, Answers to Celestial Kingdom Questions. Tomorrow. And how many pages is that? So that one is going to be way better because it has sections. So we have 
chapter 3, section 1, Answers to the Celestial Kingdom. And then section 2 is Love God and All Men. And then, oh, it's not that long. And then chapter 4 is the page after. (laughs) So let's see, there's going to (laughs) be... Um, eight pages and chapter four is also eight pages okay wow well, chapter it is five is three is. it's fine so we do um we do this uh starting at 6 p.m every day monday through thursday um and then i try to do a flashback friday thing on fridays Try to break them up, into, oh, yeah. even if they're very short. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you broke up a little bit there, but it's good. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, we're just gonna, yeah, we're gonna keep the, we're gonna keep the chapters one episode, even if they're short chapters. So, all right. Well, I have to jump out of the truck because I'm at the mine and I have to do a walk around and make sure my gates are good so I don't spill coal and all the fun yeah. stuff. Do you have the studio open? Um, I am calling my studio man right now to get him to okay. pull up the I, studio so he can start the music. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Um, okay. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to play something. It's just something that I've recorded. It's something that people have heard if they've listened to this program at all, you know. Um, and what that is, is um, revelations that were that have been received, and I talked about that the other day. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to listen to that. And I am I was parked, but now I got to move forward because there's a line of trucks. Hold on here. I got to jump out in a minute. Anyway, we're going to listen to uh, Revelation, Modern Revelations, which talk about my ministry and who I am. And this is Revelation from the Father and the Son about me and about the mainstream LDS church. All right, so I'll mute myself. And if I can stop, hold on here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll play it now. So, and then this is uh, this revelation. We're going to do it in clips. It's 33 minutes long. And uh, if if we do have callers, they can call in while the reading is going on, and I can talk to them in the screening room. And if they want to come in with any questions or comments. They can do so in 33 minutes, and then we'll go from there. So here is Revelations Part 1. I might have to have you do it. Oh, wait, here it goes. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to be reading a bunch of modern-day revelations. Um, This is too long to do in one recording, so I'll just do a little bit at a time, but I'll read them here, and I want to share them on the program, so. 
For did I the Lord not send mine only begotten unto the Jews, saith the Lord? And did they not reject him who has appointed my firstborn by me, saith the Father? And did they not have their high priest also, even as ye, O Ephraim? So these are revelations to the LDS Church, not from the LDS Church. For it is written, for it, I'm sorry, for it is that mine only begotten, and that one mighty and strong, have they not been twin brethren from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord of the whole earth. So the reason the Father is saying this is because there is the office of the morning star, which our Father and God the Creator holds, and then you have the bright morning star who is Jesus or Yeshua, and he is the first apostle or witness of the Father, and Messiah ben Joseph, or God the witness, is the second witness or apostle of the brother uh, of the Father, and he is mighty and strong, but that there for the first presidency of this earth under the direction of Yehovah our Elohim are God the Creator, who is Michael, who is mighty and strong, God the Redeemer, who is the first witness and apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong, and God the Witness, who is the second witness or apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong. And then there are 12 others who are mighty and strong for this earth as well. And then under them stand the noble and great ones who are like the 70s. Let's see here. And it is that that one shall stand to judge Ephraim and one Judah. And they are one be with me, my two witnesses, before the foundation of the world, saith the Father. And which is greater? For out of the mouth of these two witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord God, who is the Father of both heaven and earth. And thus it is that that one mighty and strong should be sent unto thee, that ye be tested even in these things, as the Jews by mine only begotten, to prove you, saith the Lord, whether ye will be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord. For it is that no man knoweth my will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's see here. Okay, and then this is another one. One to ye Latter-day Saints, for I prophesy that unless you repent and return for the first work to the first works of the restoration, that the time is not far distant that you shall be destroyed by the God of Israel in an earthquake and an overflowing scourge, which shall annihilate your much touted holy ground. For the wrath of that mighty one, who I am a witness, is gathering against you that you cannot escape unless it is that you are rebaptized by the authority of the higher priesthood and the apostleship which I have been given by the Father and the Son who have sent me. And it is that when my mighty ones return, the heavens shall wage war against the earth, and the wicked, yea, the proud, and them that rejoice in wickedness, shall be cut off, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, saith the Lord God. 
For the heavens are mighty, and they who come shall burn them up, saith the Lord God of hosts. For that war fought before the world was made shall continue upon the earth, that all shall know with an, a resounding affirma, affirmation throughout all eternity that there is none who standeth beside the might and power and glory of the Holy One of Jacob, who it is that speak through the mouth, O Israel, through my mouth, O Israel, as anciently. Therefore, woe, woe unto they, saith the Lord, they are that say, All is well in Zion. Yea, that crieth, All is well, and who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, will rely upon the arm of flesh. For cursed are all they that rely on the arm of flesh. Or who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, save their precepts, shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. For ye shall perish, and the punishment of the false prophet, saith the Lord shall be given as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him, even that of a damned soul, saith the Lord God, even so. Amen. Okay, and this one has to do with the revelation received in July of 2013, where I was commanded to sever the ordinances of all the holy people, which prophecy is found in Daniel chapter 12, where the man clothed in linen scatters the power or priesthood of all the holy people, which are the LDS church and all of its offshoots. This is the word of the Lord unto you who are of Ephraim. Because the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, who is the Father, gives you one gift, need not suppose that he cannot give another. For his work, neither his word is yet finished, that he cannot cause more to be written. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth. Wherefore he was formed by mine hand, that I, the Lord your God, the Father, should give unto you another gift, for having given the children of men one gift, which is Jesus Christ, Ye need not suppose that I, the Lord your God, cannot give unto, unto men another gift, which is the second witness, or God the witness, the Holy Ghost, Messiah ben Joseph, um, the Davidic servant. He has, I have many names. For he, the second witness, is the man like unto Moses. For he also is in the similitude and very likeness of mine only begotten. For if ye receive him not, then ye shall not be received by me, saith the Father. For I the Father did cause it to be written that there is none other name given than Jesus, who is mine only begotten Son. And this pertaineth unto the Jews. For it was a trial unto them to believe in Jesus of Nazareth, even as it is a trial unto you, O ye Gentiles, to believe these things. For I, the Lord God, am no respecter of persons. Therefore, why is it, O ye saints of Israel, that you require the gateway to be brought unto you and narrow even unto them? For ye, even ye, garnish the, and praise the name of mine only begotten Son, 
and yet when I the Father do send another gift unto you, you cry blasphemy, even as did the Jews. Are ye better than they? I say unto you, nay. For ye in your ignorance as to your righteousness and your sloth do lift up your hill against him who was, with, who was as him, Jesus, even mine only begotten in power, yea, before the world was made, for he it was also that was with me from the beginning, saith the Father. For I am I the Lord God of Israel, and not Judah only, saith the Lord. And ye, O Ephraim, shall receive him whom I have sent, saith the Lord, or ye shall be cut off. For he whom I am sent, even my servant, is that one mighty and strong who should come unto you, O Israel, as mine only begotten did come even unto the Jews. Therefore, see, O Israel, that that thing, or that that which did come upon the Jews come not also upon you to the uttermost. And he's speaking of the desolation of the temple in 70, 69 and 70 A.D. For he was also with me from the beginning, and I have given that he should speak words, yea, eternal world, words for the salvation of the children of men as my second witness. For out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth, even the Father. Thus saith the Lord, can a bitter fruit or can a bitter fountain bring forth good water? Or can a man being evil do that which is good? For it is, saith the Lord, that by their fruits ye shall know them. For the fruits of my spirit, saith the Lord, do they not testify of me, even Jesus Christ, whom ye have hitherto not known? And that which testifieth of me is not that which testifieth of me, is it not by me, saith the Lord God of Israel? For I am he that doth speak unto thee through the medium of mine appointment as in times of old, O Israel, who have been scattered among the nations. Now is the time, saith the Lord, for thy regathering unto mine anointed as in times of old, that I, the Lord God, shall remember thee, O Israel, and lead thee by power such has not been seen before or sense, yea, even from Babylon, with an outstretched arm as Moses, which is fallen. That gathering place in 2016, God told me to gather to Emory County, Utah, and then when time gets, gets to be too dangerous, that God has given us a place that is south of here in the wilderness, northwest of Lake Powell in the Escalante National Park area. And uh, if you're watching sometimes in the videos or in the, uh, the podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, I've got pictures and stuff that pop up on the screen. And if you see the picture of the man standing in the water in the beautiful place that is the location of the uh, of where we will gather when the whole world is burning around us so anyway <clears throat> therefore that which is sent 
of me doth not conflict and contradict my words and my purposes, which I have spoken through the mouths of others of my, my servants, the prophets, even Joseph Smith and others concerning Israel. And anything which contradicteth these my servants who have gone before is of the devil and his fault, saith the Lord God of Israel. Therefore, that which is sent by me, saith the Lord, testifieth of me and my words and my purposes, which change not. But they, the false prophets, do change my laws and ordinances to become friends with the world and to become popular. By this key ye ye may detect the ye may detect the false prophets and apostles. For I, the Lord, will not vary from that which I have said, but am the same in all ages of the world. And the plan of salvation hath it not been exactly the same? For that which saved Abraham, even the law thereof, must save ye, O ye stiff-naked and unbelieving generation, which are, are for Are ye not also the same in thy unbelief before me, O foolish man and O foolish woman? And it is that the evil one desired through false administrators who have hijacked my church and led many astray to contradict former revelation, which even the angels of glory are forbidden. Neither can they do, saith the Lord. And this is why I'm always talking about Babylonian businessmen hijacking the church. This is where I get that from. False administrators who have hijacked my church and led many to contradict uh, former revelations. Continuing on. And anything which doth not teach men these things, even to believe in me and my words exactly as I have spoken them through the mouth of my servants, the prophets of Israel, yea, that which also doth not edify and thereby testify of me the life of the world and the life thereof, even Jesus of Nazareth, who speaketh unto thee, O man, is of the devil, or is of the evil one, and is darkness and produces despair. And my word, is it not also quick and powerful to the cutting asunder of both joint and marrow? Therefore it is given unto you to judge, that ye may know of me, even the author and finisher of your faith, whom the world in its wickedness has not known, even Jesus of Nazareth. And if ye call good evil and evil good, ye are no better than them that cast me out, even as a thief and a robber, and as a vagabond without a home. For did I not cause it to be written that the foxes have holes and the birds nests? But it is that, but it was that the Son of Man had not where even to lay his head, even I, the firstborn and most intelligent of all the spirits which were begotten by the Father thereof. And thus it was a requirement that I, even I, Jesus Christ, descended below all things, even that my people, the Jews, become my persecutors, that I might do the will of him who sent me, who is greater than I even the Father, that none might have excuse concerning the difficulty of the way at that great and last day. Even so I drunk of that bitter cup, and I did cry mightily unto him who sent me, that this cup might pass even from me. Yet I, the Lord God, bowed my head and suffered that his will, who is mightier than I, yea, even my Father, who revealed himself unto me in that day, that even his will should be done 
even the shedding of my blood in great drops of upon the ground upon which men stand to this this day so Jesus actually has seen the father he was he was given the fullness of the priesthood by the father and he is the first witness of the father even as I have seen the father and embraced him that happened with Jesus too it's not in the scriptures but it did happen continuing and I will that all, rich and poor, come unto me through my servants and drink from that well of living water spoken of. And he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, saith the Lord God of Israel. Remember, all powers and conferrals, priesthoods or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one remaineth, that you must receive your salvation and ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled, saith the Lord, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God, and swear with an oath, and will not repent, saith the Lord, that ye shall not enter into my rest, except it be through my servant, whom I have appointed. And that happened in July of 2013, when I was commanded by the Father to fulfill Daniel chapter 12, wherein I lifted my hands to the air, to the square, after the manner of the Melchizedek priesthood, which I do hold, and uh, the fullness of the priesthood, which I have received of the Father, directly from the laying on of hands of the Father, to sever the ordinances and the power or priesthood of all the holy people. And this right here, remember all powers and conferrals, priesthoods or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one remain, that you may receive your salvation in ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled. So it's a hard reset, basically. It's setting the house of God in order. Continuing. And when I, the Lord God, did speak unto my servant Joseph Smith, that I should, that it should be that no one should be appointed to receive revelations and commandments except my servant Joseph, I, the Lord, did provide that he should abide in me, and that as long as he should abide in me, saith the Lord, then it was that he should be the one empowered to speak in my name as moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And my servant Joseph, saith the Lord, did abide in me even unto the end. And how much greater, saith the Lord, is my servant Joseph in mine eyes than those whom ye sustain as your presidencies. For the powers of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and may not be controlled nor handled except upon the principles of righteousness, saith the Lord God. And if it should be that the presidencies of my church, saith the Lord, should fall into into transgression, then they also shall not have power to speak in my name for the welfare and benefit of my saints or the members which comprise my church, saith the Lord. For it is not written, for is it not written that I, the Lord your God, even Jesus of Nazareth, did say while in my power among the Jews, if thine eye which seeth for thee, 
him that is appointed to watch over thee, to show thee light, becomes a transgressor and offend thee, to pluck him out. And it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. And did I not speak unto my servant Joseph concerning the manuscript of the book, which he had been called upon to translate, that although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. And how much greater, saith the Lord, was my servant Joseph than those whom ye in your perverse and stiff-necked generations sustain as your presidents. For even Lucifer, was he not given authority before the world was made? And did I, the Father, not cause him to be cast out, even though he be my son? And if I, the Father of heaven and earth, spared not them who are deceived from before the foundation of the world, do ye imagine in your, vain, your hearts, O vain man, that I will spare thee, even if it should be that all perish? Yea, even though it should be easier that a hand be cut off, yet it be better to retain heaven with one hand than to be cast into the church, uh, into be cast out with two, saith the Lord. And this hath been a law throughout all time and also throughout all eternity among them who are gods and the sons of God, even Elohim. Are ye, ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, different than they in your iniquity? For all my servants, the prophets, have been first cast out by your churches and synagogues, O Israel, and then stoned and crucified and persecuted when it was that they dared, when, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, to speak against them who ye lift up as your presidencies, who have gone contrary to the covenants which I, the Lord God, did make with their fathers, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was that Paul was smitten by them when speaking concerning their high priest, as well as mine only begotten, as well as mine only begotten in the flesh, saith the Father. Was he not spit, smitten across the mouth by the guard for Im, impertinence? And so it is with you, O ye ignorant, haughty, and stiff-necked generation concerning him who was received before the foundation of the world, that he should come unto thee, O Ephraim, to save and redeem thee by power which hath not been seen since the days of my son Enoch who shall return with 10,000 of the saints in this day, saith the Lord God. For it is that my servant, is he not one mighty and strong to thy salvation, O Ephraim, from the chains of the bondsmen which doth afflict thee night and day? And is not thy slavery, O Ephraim, worse than that of Pharaoh? For it is that the elements shall move hither and thither at his command in that day when, I, when it is that I, the Lord God of Jacob, shall speak from his mouth. 
with thunder in that day, saith the Lord God. But ye must come unto me, even thy God, O Israel. And it is that that in this day I, the Lord God, will extend mine arm for thy deliverance from Babylon, O Ephraim, as prophesied by my servant, who was one of the greatest of my servants to walk the earth. And as I said concerning thy high priests, were not my servants Peter, James, and John, were they not put into prison for preaching sedition against the high priest, O Ephraim? Are ye better than the Jews, my chosen? For were they not the sons of Abraham like unto thee, O Ephraim? And was not him who was reserved also smitten like unto him of old by his home teacher, in that the police of his day did disregard these things as anciently, O Ephraim? And this thing also was for preaching sedition against thy high priest, O Ephraim, who is like unto Caiaphas, who sitteth in the temple of God, as was written by my servant Paul in the second chapter of the book to the letter of, to the Thessalonians in that day, saith the Lord God. And was it not that this should come to pass before the day of mine advent as prophesied by my servant that it should come in this generation that now standeth upon the earth? And is not that son of perdition that sitteth Revealed by these words of mine, saith the Lord. For thou and thy wickedness, O Ephraim, have exceeded anything concerning that which I, the Lord God, have spoken concerning any other people. For it is in this idolatry, because you worship your prophets and your leaders, that ye shall be smitten from generation to generation if ye repent not, and come unto me, through him who was appointed unto thee. Even for this purpose was he sent, as was Jesus unto the Jews. Are ye different than they, O Ephraim? For ye imagine up in thine heart that if we had, ye had lived in the days of the prophets and apostles that were with me in my power in that day, that ye would not have partaken with the, that generation of the innocent blood, and yet ye have not lifted up, and yet have ye not lifted up your hands against him who was sent as mine only begotten, reserved for thy salvation from before the foundation of the world, O Ephraim? And is not mine adversary the prince of this world? For mine adversary, saith the Lord, did buy up armies and navies, Pharisees, Sadducees, high priests, presidents of priesthoods, that all that he may reign with blood and horror on this earth. And how is it that ye, and how is it that ye are different than they, O ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, who have also been deceived? For it hath been a requirement of mine anointed in all ages of the world to descend below all things, And how are these things possible if it is that he does not descend below the generation in which he lives? For woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, and blessed are you when all men shall revile against you falsely for my name's sake. For so did their fathers unto the prophets who were sent even unto them Ephraim.
And did I not, and did not I, the Lord God, say through the mouth of my servant, Woe unto him who is at ease in Zion. Yea, woe unto him who is, saith, All is well. Yea, all is well. Zion prospereth. And are not these thy words at this time, saith the Lord God of battles and burnings? Yea, what meanest thou, O man? Was not my servant Nephi a prophet also, when I, the Lord God, did did move upon him by the power of my spirit, which is as a consuming fire, which did cause even his mighty frame that it should quake from the power thereof? For he... Even he did prophesy of thee, O Ephraim, or ye that call yourselves Latter-day Saints, even at this time. For it is that I, the Lord God, have known the end from the beginning, even before the foundation of the world have I known thee. Therefore, repent, repent, lest unhappily ye find yourself in that torment which shall consume thee as a consuming fire, O ye rebellious children, who are full of iniquity. For hath it not been written, that by the weak and simple and the despised things of the earth, that I, the Lord God, would thrash the nations by the power of my spirit? And are ye not a nation unto me, O Ephraim, that ye should come out of her, even Babylon, and take thy place among the nations as a queen that thou art, O Ephraim, Ephraim, my beloved, from before the foundation of the world. For thou, even thou art my beloved, saith the Lord God of Israel. For wast it, it not that Enoch was slow of speech, even that the people did hate him? It did not my servant Moses stutter, and this because of his meekness before my people? And was not my servant but a boy when he did slay Goliath? And was not my only begotten considered to be the least in the kingdom of heaven by them that who thrust him out and would not feed him, that he wandered alone in the desert without friend among men, being tormented because of the exquisite truth and power which was his to wield for the salvation of mankind? And they did crucify him, O man." And thus the warfare which, which began before the foundation of the earth, or of the world, hath it not been, been continued here, O man, against the holy priesthood of the Son of God, and shall not be ended until one or the other is bound and driven from off the earth. But them who did serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life. But them who do serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life with the Father and the sons and daughters of God. But them who hate me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal death and shall dwell with the devil and his sons for all eternity, if it should be that they will repent, not repent and be obedient unto mine ordinances, saith the Lord. And their worm dieth not, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone. And the end thereof no man knoweth, save he shall be made partaker thereof. And this key, saith the Lord, I give unto thee, O man, that ye may be able to detect and discern any influence, whether it be 
from that evil one, or by my spirit, saith the Lord. And that which causeth your souls to expand and to believe in the sons of God, ye may know with a perfect knowledge that it is sent by the gift and power of God for the salvation of the sons and daughters of men. And on the contrawise, that which doth cause pain and distress of soul and despair, and that which causes you, O man, to turn away from the God that made you is not of me, saith the Lord, but is of that evil one. So I'm going to end it at that. We're at 32 minutes into this reading as it is, and I have to go to work. So thank you for listening. I'll try to get part two up probably sometime this week. Okay, all right. Part 2 of Revelations For he desireth your destruction, O man, and if ye are ensnared by him, ye must perish, saith the Lord. And this despair and lack of hope cometh because of your iniquity and unbelief, and produceth death, both spiritually and physically, saith the Lord. Therefore, if the words of a man edify and give hope and light and life, then ye may know that it is of God. But if a man's words cause despair and take away hope and faith in God, then ye may know that it is not of me, saith the Lord. And that, that light which filleth the immensity of space is the same light which quickeneth your understanding, saith the Lord, and produceth from me even the author therefrom, or proceedeth from me even the author thereof. And those bodies which are celestial, which are filled with light, comprehendeth all things, and they are God's, for all things are theirs, whether in life or death, for all power is given unto them who be God's, even the sons and daughters of God. A man, not the woman, is the crown of creation, saith the Lord God, and she shall submit unto me even through the man, even the Lord God, the mightiest of all, or she shall be removed out of her place, and another woman more worthy of my glory shall stand beside the man, whom I, the Lord, have created in mine own image. And that spirit which leadeth the woman to assert herself independent of man, whom I have formed after mine own image, the glory of my form cannot be withstood by the earth in its present form, is that devil spoken of, <coughs> even the enemy of all, that is that which is right and just and good. And unless she shall free herself from this delusion, taught even at this time among the children of men, which is contrary to that order among the sons and daughters of God, which order is called patriarchal, which is the order which exists among them who are in heaven. She shall be destroyed by me, saith the Lord God of burnings and might and honor. <clears throat> For I will not be mocked by the ignorant and foolish of the children of men who know not my ways, nor do they know my thoughts, saith the Lord, uh, Lord God. For my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, O man and O woman, 
who art in rebellion, even in these and other things at this present time. And unless ye repent of these false teachers, ye shall be uh, destroyed, saith the Lord. Any man who receives a prophet, whether he be of God or of another spirit, should seek to know whether that prophet be of God or some other spirit. Okay, this is my notes that I have inserted here. This is not part of the revelation, but it's mine. If he treats a false prophet lightly, he would also treat the true one lightly. If he, if that man who receives the prophet hear the words of that prophet and seeks to know by the fruits of that prophet, and then after he spends time sincerely striving to know if that prophet be of God or of any other, he shall go in prayer after he has studied the matter out. And if that prophet be of God, the Spirit will burn within him, and he may know the fruit of love and peace that will come unto his heart, that he may may know. But if that prophet be false or fallen, the Spirit will withdraw from him and leave him if he believes the false prophet. And when the spirit of anxiety and depression and darkness come upon him, that he may know the thing is that he believed is wrong but belief is a key and withholding judgment until God reveals to you truth is also key that man who will judge and will not believe will have a harder time getting the answer God says if you lack wisdom ask me but not to be a double uh, to be double minded he says it's says to study it out and he says to take no thought save only to pray and that we must study it out, then ask. <clears throat> All right, continuing on with the revelation. For I, even I, am a glorified and exalted man, saith the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I have not changed, nor will I. But I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, saith the Lord God of Israel. And Judah, for I, even I, did appear unto the patriarchs of old, and did show unto them also my glory. And as I said concerning the sons and daughters of God, they speak, and it is done, and they move through the immensity of space and time at will, and they move, saith the Lord, faster than thought, and they possess all power, might, and intelligence, and nothing can withstand them at their presence, all things flee away unless unless quickened by them and are consumed from might the might of their glory of which the sun at noonday is typical in comparison yea even the earth upon which thou standest o man shall be consumed at their appearance unto thee at the last day for did not my servant behold us in that day that we spake unto him from out of the heavens And did he not behold our glory? His frame being quickened by us, that he could withstand our presence, which in the might thereof the tongue of men cannot form. So this is their witness of my experience with them in 2003. And thus he, even he, is an eyewitness of our glory as them of old, for he stood in our presence. 
and we did converse with him face to face in our own tongue. And he too shall assume his rightful place among the sons and daughters of God, for we have proved him, saith the Lord. For he was also with us from the beginning, and was ordained by us that he should come that he should come unto thee, O man, at this time, and he should testify unto thee that he has seen for himself as them which are fabled among men, even them of old. For ye shall also be partakers with, of life with us, yea, even that life which surpasseth all understanding, as soon as ye are sanctified through the words which, shall, which we shall speak unto thee, O man, through the mouth of our anointed prophet, even he who is the one who should come unto thee, O man, that thou shouldest partake with us, of that life and intelligence and power which the mind of man cannot comprehend in glory and might and majesty and power thereof. And it is the desire of that evil one that he should that ye should be kept from the knowledge of these things, yea, that ye be kept in darkness, death and despair. And the operations of that evil one are detected through the medium of mine anointed. Even my servant, who is that one mighty and strong prophesied that he should come unto thee. For it is that that old serpent, the devil, transformeth himself into an angel of light, and his ministers, yea, of that which is known as Christianity, which doctrines are an abomination in my sight, saith the Lord, into the, uh, unto the ministers in righteousness, saith the Lord, into ministers of righteousness that the whole world lieth and groaneth even now in sin. And sin is rebellion against light and truth and knowledge and is darkness. And these things are detected through the medium of my appointment. And thus, O man, ye are helpless against these things, except ye be obedient unto them who are empowered by me to detect and rebuke these things that ye be edified and comforted and have life which shall swell your souls that ye expand in light and truth and life and this promise i give unto you that ye also shall behold my glory and enter into my presence through the medium of mine appointment which is after the order of melchizedek saith the lord for he hath come unto thee that ye shall be redeemed up into my presence as anciently. And if you are obedient unto me through him whom I, the Lord God, have chosen, ye shall have an escape, and ye shall be sheltered as a hen doth shelter her chickens under her wings, even from the buffetings of Satan. And it is that those who go on in their rebellion against mine anointed shall receive of the second death, and if they repent, if they repent not, which, de which death of the spirit, which is a total annihilation thereof, back to its native element from which it was begotten in that day, that I did create it from the intelligence which is eternal. For the devil desire that you be a partaker with him of these things. Therefore, that which produceth light 
and stability and faith and sound mind and courage and hope and peace and love and joy and power and glory and honor and might and intelligence is of me, even the Father thereof. And that which produces death and the effects thereof, which are despair, lack of hope, hope, and doubtings, and anguish of soul, and fear, and troubles, and tremblings, and buffetings, and uneasiness of mind, and heart, and soul, and pain, and barely anything which doth not edify, is not of me, and is of darkness, saith the Lord God, the Lord God of Israel, and is of the devil, even the author of death, and the effects thereof. Which are this despair and lack of hope and anguish and soul and fear and troubles and tremblings and buffetings and uneasiness of mind, of heart and soul? These things, are they not of that evil one, saith the Lord? For by their fruits ye shall know them, and uneasy loud emotions and exclamations and shoutings are not of me, saith the Lord. But righteous rebuke and anger against uncleanliness is of me. For mine only begotten was he not full of the rebuke of the Lord. And did they not crucify him because of these things? Therefore, if ye are rebuked by me, receive it with joy. For thus are ye accounted worthy to be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord God. For what father among you correcteth not his children whom he loveth? And this is his anxiety for their welfare as his own, that they perish not. Therefore, if ye are rebuked by him, receive it with gladness, for it shall work upon thy soul for thy good, if ye receive it without anger and railings, saith the Lord. And ye, may, and ye shall be my children, even sons and daughters of the Most High God. But if ye, but if it so be that ye go on in your rebellion against me, saith the Lord, and mine anointed, then ye shall be thrust down into that hell spoken of, and ye shall not escape even the buffetings of Satan until that which is known as the second resurrection. And the chains thereof, even hell, do they not bind your minds and soul, souls even now unto destruction, saith the Lord. And a little child Satan hath no power over. Therefore ye must become as little ch- children, and be rebaptized for the remission of sins by mine anointed, even my servant, and those who are ordained by him, unto this power and none else. For straight is the gate, and truly narrow is the way, saith the Lord God. And he that will harden his heart against thee, these things, and go on in the blindness of his mind, must perish, saith the Lord, must perish with them who are wise and prudent and lifted up in the pride and cares of the world, even your merchants and your doctors and your lawyers and your scribes and your Pharisees and your teachers, and your politicians, and all those who would uphold that which is known as Babylon the Great, who are mine enemies, saith the Lord, who are pillars which uphold the kingdom of this world, 
which are of the devil, and who did tempt mine only begotten, and say unto him, All these are kingdoms, all these are kingdoms, and they are mine. And who did crucify mine only begotten in that day, because of his so called offense against their order? To and to which my people Israel are enslaved, even Zion, and trodden under the foot underfoot by them at this time, saith the Lord God of Israel. For would not the wicked and ignorant of the children of men trod under trod underfoot the very God of Israel if in their power? And for this reason they shall be ground even unto powder by mine warriors who are full of honor, saith the Lord. For is thy slavery, O, pe- o my people, not worse than that of Pharaoh? And did I not prophesy these things through the mouth of my servant Moses in the book of Deuteronomy in that day? And these servants of the world, if they retreat not from their stand, shall suffer the second death, who shall withstand, for who shall withstand the Holy One of Israel, who is is a consuming fire to those who are mine enemies, as in the days of Pharaoh? And this hath been the, my gospel, saith the Lord, in all ages of the world upon, upon which thou standest. And now, as I said concerning your presidencies, saith the Lord, and he's speaking of the presidencies of the LDS Church, but really it, it can apply to, well, he is speaking of the uh, LDS Church here specifically that if it should be that they are, are wholly departed from my counsel, that if it should be that they should wholly depart from my counsels unto them in the hardness of their heart and the blindness of their minds, which thing hath afflicted almost all of your authorities from the time of Joseph Smith, that ye shall not have power to appoint another in the stead thereof, so they, they've corrupted themselves and they've been rejected and they don't have the power to, to appoint anybody because they have had their authority rejected completely, 100%. And they lost it a long time ago in part, but they completely lost it in July, uh, July 15th of 2013, completely when God told me to sever the ordinances of all the holy people on the earth. And I didn't know that that was a prophecy in Daniel chapter 12 until a month or two later. And I never even thought of that before. But when he told me to do to use the authority, he gave me to sever the ordinances or the power of all the holy people, which is the priesthood. Um, I said, why do you want me to do this? And he said, because if they will not accept you as my witness, I will not accept them. And I am their witness. I have seen them face to face in the flesh, in the flesh, both our Father and our Redeemer. And I have knelt before the Father, and he did place his physical resurrected hands on my physical head in the temple at the top of Mount Vashel, which is the house, the mountain, the mountain of the house of, of God, or the it, it's the temple, the temple that I was t- uh, that 
that I was directed to go to after I was taken to the valley. Um, when I climbed the mountain, I went in the temple of the Father, and that's where I saw the Father and the Son face to face. And they gave me the authority and the keys of the priesthood and the kingdom thereof, all of the keys, and they told me um, to be a servant on the earth and, and, you know, continue to learn and grow, and that was in 2003. And then in 2013, God said, kneel before me and ask me who you are. And when I asked him who I am, I was taken up in the spirit and I saw a vision of the pre-existence and I saw a, a lifted platform. And on the platform, I saw three thrones who were right next to each other. And I saw the father, God, the creator, or Michael, who became Adam, standing in the middle. And to his right side, I saw Yeshua or Jesus Christ or God the Redeemer. And to his left side, I saw Hillel or who the Latins call Lucifer, who is God the Witness, who is the bearer of light and truth. And I saw that Lucifer rebelled because he felt like he should be the first witness, not the second witness. And because of his pride and his arrogance, he was cast out. And he had his name and title stripped from him and he became Hasatan or Satan or the accuser, which he was, which he became. And I saw many others cast out with them and they became his arch demons and his demons. And then I saw the father and the son go down among they who were mighty and strong. Now, there were 12 who were mighty and strong before the rebellion, and about half of us remained. And I saw the Father and the Son choose me from among them to take the place of the witness of the Father and the Son, or the bearer of light and truth. That's who I am. I saw the Father and the Son go among the noble and great ones and choose from among them those to fill the vacancies in the quorum of mighty and strong ones, which were twelve in front of the Father, the Son, and the Witness, who are also mighty and strong for this earth. And whether I've been on the earth many times or this one time, Mark Lichtenwalter is not my true name. That's the name I have on the earth. But this is a character that I am playing in this stage of life. And whether I have had many names or not, I am the witness of the Father and the Son. And I am among you at this time. And these revelations are about me. And they're to you, who are the children of the house of Ephraim, to call you to repentance. For there is an end of their priesthood, and if they should cause themselves to be severed from the heavens, and it... Hold on. Well, I'm going to reread this. And now, as I said concerning your presidency, saith the Lord, that if it should be that they should wholly depart 
for my counsels unto them. In the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, which thing hath afflicted almost all of your authorities from the time of Joseph Smith, that they should not have power to appoint another in, in the stead thereof. And for, their, for there is an end of their priesthood. And if they should ca- cause themselves to be severed from the heavens, and it was that my even my servant Joseph did plead long and hard unto me concerning the manuscript, in the which I did grant unto him that that which did prove to be a snare and a curse instead of a blessing, saith the Lord. And in this day, saith the Lord, them who ye unlawfully sustain as your presidencies did also plead long and hard, even as my servant Joseph, for that which was not right. And I, the Lord God, did grant that which should be a snare even unto their souls, even in these things, yea, even unto their destruction. And how much greater was my servant Joseph than than them whom ye ye sustain as your presidency, saith the Lord. For did I, the Lord God, not speak through the mouth of my servant, as he is known among men, Ezekiel, that if a prophet be deceived when he hath spoken a thing, I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet, that I may take the house of Israel in their own heart, saith the Lord, because they are all estranged from me through their idols, in, in the which they do live, saith the Lord, deliciously with Babylon the great, and seek even the praise and the honors of the world. For this record is the four, this is recorded in the fourteenth book of the chapter of the book of Ezekiel, ninth verse. For did I, the Lord God, not also grant unto Israel through Samuel my servant, who saw much affliction because of the wickedness of the children of Israel in his day, that they also should have a king like unto other nations, which was the desire of their hearts? And did this not also not prove to be a snare and a curse unto them? For how oft was Israel led astray through the wickedness of her kings? Anyway, I've got to um, take a break from this. So that was part two of the revelations. And like, I'm never going to get done with these revelations because they are really, really long. And there's a whole bunch of them. So... I'm just working on uh, it a, a little bit of time as I can, as I have time to. Of course, I work. I have a farm. I've got kids. I've got a house that's got to be fixed. Um, but I'm waiting in the car right now for my wife to do the thing that she needs to do. So I thought I would take some time and actually create a video and also create uh, a sound clip for the radio show. So um, I haven't created a video for the first part. Um, I will try to when I have time. And, but I already rec- I recorded the clip for the radio show for the first part. So anyway, I'll try to get some more done. And then I'll share them on the radio program as I get them done. So thank you for listening.
wouldn't you know it that I would be on the wash plant as soon as it was time to talk. Isn't that just the way of the world? Kim, are you there? You are muted. Yeah. yeah or you I cannot hear me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I actually recorded that while you already at the wave pool. Oh, cool. Yeah, you remember when I was like, uh, I'm going to go out to the car. Because I was just, I wasn't yeah. swimming, you know. And there are like a whole yeah. bunch of people I don't know um, that you know. Cause, you I know. had to go. I had so, to go. Yeah, yeah, because your student would have been devastated that you did not go to his birthday party that he told you about for like a month or something like that. <laughs> As much as he loves his grand, as much as he loves all of his family members, and if I did not go, there would be hell to pay. <laughs> yes, there would be, and he would be very upset. And he's such a sweet little kid. How can you say no? You just can't. Anyway, um, so with Kim reading the book and Emmett reading the book, um, instead of trying to do a pre-recording of, you know, me reading the book. I'm going to let them do that, and I'm going to try to get more of these revelations on the audio format so I can share them on the show after the reading. Um, This particular revelation, I think it's 287 verses, it would take me a full three hours to read the whole thing. It would take Kim 23 minutes to read the whole thing. But it would take me three hours. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, um, so uh, for people who listen to this podcast and this internet radio show, um, when you see me posting in the group and you ask question, you can always call in and I can give you a better uh, answer than me trying to type to answer your questions. I just don't have time. Really sincerely don't. Like, um, if I'm awake and I'm not doing the radio show or working, I have things to do. Uh, So, for instance, today I drilled through stone to, uh, because we have stone and brick on the front of our house, and there was wires coming out that were, that are ready to go for a porch light, but, but the people who owned the house previous, they never put one on. So I spent a couple of hours working on that today, and now we have a porch light, which is nice. Uh, you know, especially when uh, you're trying to put your key into the, you know, your front door. So, uh, which, you know, they, we didn't have one there before. So, anyway, so I worked on that today, and then I worked on uh dryer vent thing today, and uh, I finally gave up on that and did a halfway job on that, but... It's so cold in our basement that in the summertime we have a little movie theater down there with a ceiling projector 
like an inexpensive one, and like a 110-inch screen. And in the summertime, we were trying to watch movies downstairs, and halfway through the movie, I started shivering in the summer. It was so cold, or so cold down there. It's like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so uh, we, we uh, instead of having our dryer heat go out the back of the house, um, <laughs> I got, uh, Kim got an indoor dryer vent thing, and uh, we're going to try to at least get the temperature up to, like, hopefully in the 60s down there with the dryer, because, you know, with seven people in our family, that that thing is going all the time. So hopefully we can get it warmer down there. But I was busy all day long, you know. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to uh, to do anything today. So, um, but if I do have time, like I said, I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to get some more of these recordings out. Also, um, I was working on the Final Prophet, and I only did three episodes of that. So I need to continue to work on that as well. There's a lot more in the in the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls about the Final Prophet that I would like to get to, and also all of the other things with uh, Yetzat Kadori, who is a rabbi, uh, one of the head rabbis in Israel, and he passed away in 2006. Um, but there's just you know there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff that I would like to get into on those two topics. So. But we have come to the end of our live stream, and we are in overdrive now, and I am going to be done with the program for today. Um, Is there anything that Emmett or Kim has to say before we cut out for tonight? Hello? Emmett. Nope, I'm good. Do you have anything? Okay, what about you? My headset was being confusing, and I don't know why. Does Arius have something to say? He feels like he needs his arm to be bandaged up. Oh, what did he? What did he do? What happened? Um, he didn't do anything. He just likes the bandage. <laughs> did you buy Mickey Mouse? So bandages? since he's seen us. No, since he's seen us wrap the goat's leg or the chicken's leg or whatever, he feels like oh, he yeah. needs it to be wrapped on him. So I'm yeah, like, he... no, and stop playing with it. <laughs> so he actually gained three pounds, Kim. Yay, he's so bigger. It may so have bigger. been his diaper. It may have been his diaper. <laughs> but Perfect. he uh, when so he took a shower with me today. And I was drying mm-hmm. him off, and um, I was putting his shirt on after I put his diaper back on, and he was standing on the scales, and he is a full, just barely, 25.0 pounds. Yay. Yes, he has been 22 for a very long time, so he grew a little bit, or his diaper was full. I'm not sure. No, I guess it wouldn't have been his diaper because he just took a shower. 
Ah, he threw. Mm-hmm. slightly too big. <laughs> what did what did Evan say? Was the shirt he put on slightly too big or something? Emmett, <laughs> like Emmett. What was that? What if you were the same weight as Arius? You would have to eat fifteen of Arius size kids to be as big as you are. <laughs> Maybe not 15, but you get the point. Where the heck did my headset just go? Okay, anyway, uh, so yeah, we can be done with the program for today. Thank you everyone for listening. I will be back on tomorrow with my wife and co-host, Kim, and the Goat Master, Emmett. The studio man, Lipton Walter. <laughs> Go, yeah. Master. And Arius, the Iberius Lipton Walter, who has an announcement. <laughs> okay, Kim, go ahead and mute yourself. Emma, please cue the music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless. Thank you, bye.